This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good evening and welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Calder. Uh, basically, coming uh, this is coming off of the heels of the Cavs-Raptors game where it basically just became abundantly clear that the Cavs are going to roll through the Eastern Conference playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind at this point, uh, given... Uh, the game tonight that th- this is a, pretty much a wrap and you know we're just delaying the inevitable. Uh, Cavs win 132-129. Uh, LeBron has yet another monster game in a career defined by monster games but this one was just ridiculous uh, with 35 points, 17 assists, and no turnovers. Literally LeBron did whatever he wanted in this game and Toronto has no answer. Toronto is too small. They're too undersized. Uh, between DeRozan, Lowry, uh, Van Vliet off the bench, they're they're just too small in the backcourt. And LeBron just holds the ball, drives to the hoop, and either gets fouled or dishes the ball off. Rinse, ladder, repeat. I mean, uh, I mean, I just mixed up my metaphor because it was ladder, rinse, repeat. But you know what I'm getting at. Literally, LeBron, (laughs) the talk of it is man amongst boys, but it was truly abundant here. And when you looked at the first half, though, that's what's even more discouraging. Because the Raptors hung 79 points on the Cavs in the first half in Cleveland. This was the statement game for the Raptors to have, to say, we're not going to get pushed around by you guys. I mean, they were up... 79 uh, 64, I believe. So they had the 15 point lead going into halftime. But I mean, the second half, they couldn't hit shots. Well, I shouldn't say couldn't hit shots. They did hit shots. They still put up 50 points. But when you can't stop anyone, I, I mean, that's when it just becomes a joke because the Cavs still put up 68 points in the uh, second half. I mean, there was no measure of. Uh, the Cavs slowing down in the second half. And, I, you know, to me, this uh, game is just crushing. Just crushing uh, uh, when you think about it for the Raptors. Because at certain points, they're going to have to win a game in Cleveland. At some point. And even with the Cavs still under man, because you still had a number of uh, players... Uh, still injured like Larry Nance. It, you know, the Cavs uh, just got it done. And if there was any point where you could take the Raptors seriously, maybe they could build some confidence, it would have been this game. Because uh, with uh, the uh, players out for Cleveland, 
you you could have actually get, uh, gotten the uh, gotten a win here and build some momentum. Uh, this just bolstered the Cavs because of the fact that uh, uh, you had uh, uh, guys uh, guys out, and uh, you know the Cavs still got it done with the likes of George Hill and uh, Kevin Love uh, uh, springing back to life as he's uh, getting more playing time. I mean, Love uh, only played thirty minutes, but he still put up twenty three points. I mean, you're just not going to win that way uh, with uh, the Cavs uh, basically not playing uh, uh, the full rotation that they, they're going to have for the playoffs. I mean, this is not going to end well for the Raptors. So uh, if they get bounced in five games, which is looking more and more likely, uh, to be honest, uh, you know, look back on this game uh, tonight uh, because it's just I I just don't see any way for the Raptors uh, to get over the hump. I mean, the Raptors fans can do all the Weed and North hashtags they want, but you know, as it stands, this team is just not equipped to deal with the Cavs. They have to hope somehow the Cavs get knocked off by the Sixers early on uh, in the playoffs. Uh, just because that's the only team I can see pulling off an upset against the Cavs as they're currently constructed because Ben Simmons can do similar things that LeBron can and you got Embiid in the middle. No other team in the East matches up well with the Cavs if LeBron's going to play this way. No one. Uh, not, 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 the, uh, not the Raptors and the Celtics have the exact same issues uh, that the Raptors do uh, because of the fact that They've got a smaller uh, backcourt. So, uh, you know, not not to spoil the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs for you uh, uh, basketball viewers, but th- that's really what it's going to amount to. As long as the Cavs get past the first round matchup, which presumably will still be the Sixers, uh, it's going to be a roll through the playoffs. So, uh, that happened tonight. Uh, the other story that's emerging is... Dwight Howard has come off the milk uh, box uh, carton uh, for once and actually showed up in the NBA game. Uh, Howard put up 32 points and 30 rebounds. Granted, this performance was against the Nets, who are, for all intents and purposes, trying to tank but aren't doing it as egregiously as the Bulls are. Uh, But uh, yet still, uh, Dwight Howard, 32 points, 30 rebounds, 19-12 19-12 and 12 in the third quarter alone. Uh, had a really quiet first half of 4 points, 10 rebounds. That sounds more like the Dwight we know. But, uh, you know, again, it's a 30-30 game. They don't happen often. It's only two times in the past 35 years, I believe. Uh, wait a second. I'm trying to do the math. Because uh, there was the Kevin Love game against the Knicks, which I remember because being Knicks fans... All you remember are bad times at this point. You don't remember. It's like when you're down for so long, you don't remember good games for the Knicks. You just remember when you get embarrassed by someone. Uh, I remember the Knicks blowing a 15-point lead in that one to the uh, the T-Wolves and just getting absolutely torched by Kevin Love uh, with a 30-30 game. And then there was the Moses Malone game. So, yeah, so that would technically make it like three times in the past 30 years. Uh, that this has happened. So, again, uh, a great feat. It's just one of those where you look at it and say, why doesn't Dwight Howard even play 75% of this most of the time? And that's always going to be the knock against Dwight Howard. 
I mean, you know, you can say what you want about Kobe Bryant not being a great teammate, but he basically lays it out for folks uh, in terms of what he sees out of a championship uh, caliber player. And his knock on Dwight is the fact that Dwight clowns around too much and doesn't have the dedication to be an all-time great. And that's really the knock on Dwight. It's the fact that given all of his skills, he should have been an all-time great center. And he never will be at this point because of just his mentality. He Believe me, he made himself a ton of money. But no one is going to remember Dwight Howard other than for wasted potential because of how physically gifted he was. Yes, he did have his back injuries, but yet still, when you see performances like that, you know there's so much more that, that Dwight Howard could actually do that he just doesn't get done. So uh, there's that. Uh, the other game that's uh, uh, on tap right now is the Spurs and uh, Wizards. Uh, that one's interesting because of the standpoint that you've got the specter of Kawhi Leonard lurking over the Spurs. <laughs> I mean, Kawhi Leonard, for all uh, for all intents and purposes, is the biggest Grinch in fantasy basketball in years. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has played nine games total for an injury that was only supposed to last maybe a month or two into the season. It's taken up the entire season, obviously. The Spurs doctors have cleared him for months now. Uh, Kawhi is still seeking opinions from his medical team on when he can return. He gave the cryptic response of, I feel like I'm close about a week and a half ago. Uh, The media picked up on it. His teammates picked up on it. And yet still we're in this weird holding pattern where no one really knows what the story is, and that's why it's leading to all this speculation that Ka- uh, Kawhi is trying to force his way out of uh, San Antonio for reasons that no one can really understand because, you know, there doesn't seem to be any reason why you would want to get out of San Antonio, especially when they can out- offer you a max, uh, max contract uh, that no other team can provide. Leonard is uh, eligible for a five-year, $217 million extension with Spurs. He wouldn't be able to get that contract uh, elsewhere because he wouldn't have the time invested with another club uh, to be there. So, uh, essentially, he would be missing out on an extra 26 to $28 million, uh, per year if he were to try to go elsewhere uh, from the Spurs, unless it was a sign-and-trade scenario. Uh, San Antonio agreed to. But uh, regardless of that, if he tried to opt out, the other implication is the fact that, you know, San Antonio doesn't have state income tax. So no self-respecting agent would ever advise his client to leave a non uh, uh, a state, uh, state with no income tax to go to another place for even less money than your original club unless something was terribly wrong. And I mean, the Spurs are a perennial uh, powerhouse in the West, despite how competitive the Western Conference is. Uh, they've got a team that still is in a uh, prime position to make the playoffs uh, because they're still sitting in fifth place in the West without him the entire year. So that shows you how good of a coach Greg Popovich is to earn his uh, Hall of Fame credentials uh, with this roster of players. Because, again, you've got an aging Tony Parker and Monte Ginobili who can barely play 30-plus minutes anymore because of uh, the state of their careers at, at this uh, point in time. 
their bodies can't handle playing uh, that many minutes uh, consecutively. But, uh, you know, it, it it's just a testament to Pop. But, you know, again, why would you ever consider leaving the Spurs? You know, no self-respecting agent would ever sign off on that. But what does come into question is the fact that Kawhi's not with a major agency. Uh, he's still with the same agency he signed with when he was basically a second-round pick. So he's still with Impact Sports Management, which is does not have a ton of clients, and, uh, at least superstar NBA clients, and Kawhi's their biggest client. So, again, that's one where usually if it was a, a bigger agency like CAA, or they could actually start directing the player at least to come up with different scenarios. So, again, I, I, it's a strange situation Kawhi Leonard said because no one, re, just because he doesn't really talk about that much, uh, the fact that he said he was close to returning, that's what raised so many eyebrows. And, you know, Manu Ginobili gave an interview with the press uh, today. Uh, the headline came off, uh, came off as just because writers are just looking for clickbait uh, with their articles rather than actually doing su- substantive uh, articles. But anyway, the, the the headline came across as uh, Ginobili saying, we don't need Kawhi for the stretch run. And, you know, what he was actually saying is, you mentally have to prepare yourself for the fact that he might not come back, which is an entirely reasonable assessment considering that Kawhi has only played nine games, and when he did come back, he only lasted for four games. You know, the Spurs have to... Uh, have to prepare themselves as if he's not coming back because they have to set up the rotations. Guys have to prepare themselves to be playing starter minutes when they would normally only be playing bench uh, minutes. And even when, if Kawhi comes back, because I I shouldn't even say when, it's more like if he comes back this year uh, at the tail end of the season, which is only another uh, 10 games or so, uh, and uh, the first round of playoffs, how are you going to integrate them into the lineup? It's it, it's a lot uh, easier said than done because of how uh, Popovich has had to s- uh, stagger the rotations and playing time with each uh, these guys because they've developed chemistry without Kawhi in the lineup. And you're going to be putting Kawhi in with guys he's not used to playing with just because they've had to phase out uh, Parker and Ginobili over the course of time. So. You may have to play an old lineup of Parker, Ginobili, and Kawhi if you're trying to uh, put something together, but that wouldn't necessarily be your go-to lineup in the, in the crunch time uh, because they, again, have not played that much together. You know, again, a lot to uh, consider there for the Spurs, uh, but uh, that, that's uh, uh, what's been uh, moving on with the NBA. Now, in terms of fantasy impact, you know, we're getting down to the stretch run, so... Uh, outside of uh, some leagues, uh, most of these should be relatively locked up. But if you're looking for uh, just uh, uh, standbys in case you're a Kyrie Irving owner or uh, you had uh, some other uh, backcourt issues uh, with nicks and bruises, I'd probably look at a, a guy like Terry Rozier if he hasn't been picked up already uh, just because uh, it looks as though Kyrie Irving still won't be ready uh, to play for the Celtics until uh, end of the week or uh, possibly in, in, into early next week. So I will look at uh, Rogier uh, for backcourt pickup. And on the, the forward side, I probably look at 
Bobby Portis, who was most famously known as the guy who broke uh, Nikolai Mirotic's uh, jaw in a, a practice scuffle uh, to basically tank the Bulls season before he even got started this year. But uh, now that the Bulls are in full tank mode and not playing anyone remotely good, uh, Portis is getting a ton of playing time. So he's been putting up garbage stats. But in fantasy basketball, you don't care if the guy's good or not. You're just caring about the stats. So uh, Bobby Portis is someone who's been uh, putting up points lately with uh, averaging uh, almost 16 points and 8 rebounds a game. Uh, so uh, that's someone to consider if you're looking for uh, a bench uh, player to kind of round out the roster with uh, uh, some of these teams going in for rest mode or injuries, as they call it these days, since Adam Silver has specifically told teams not to rest players during stretch games in order to tank for better draft picks. Clearly, he has not been watching or paying attention to the Bulls because the Bulls have been in tank mode for the entirety of the season uh, after the whole Miritich scandal uh, uh, with uh, Portis. But, uh, you know, that's the NBA in a nutshell. Guys have been uh, going down with injuries, being feigned as... uh, injuries uh that's the whole conspiracy in effect for the warriors is the fact that the warriors have all seemed to have gone down with injuries at the exact same time coordinated right before the end of the year so they can do a week or two of rest and come back uh for the playoffs that's the prevailing mentality at at this point because uh the fact that draymond green has also gone gone down with an injury you know yes it could be just bad luck but, you know, it happens enough times to enough uh, key players in that rotation. It's becoming brazenly obvious what the Warriors are doing. So, uh, looks like they're just going to go for rest. They'll take the number two seed in the West and just play it out. But given the amount of games that they've played in the last three years, uh, they're erring on the side of caution rather than tempting the fates of uh, trying to play out uh, through the season and then uh, play Houston without a fully fresh roster. So uh, that's, uh, in a nutshell, what's been going on in the NBA. Uh, we have some NFL news in light of the no one knows what a catch is. Uh, the NFL has released their initial findings on what the new catch rules will be. So uh, the recommendation, uh, recommendation from the competition committee on the new catch rule is as follows. Uh, the precedence uh, would be, number one, control. Unfortunately, they didn't actually define what control is. Number two, two feet down or another body part. Three, a football move such as a third step, reaching or extending for the uh, line to gain, which should just be called the Jesse James rule, or three, uh, the ability to perform such an act. This just sounds incredibly vague. Uh, so in order to give more context to this, uh, Al Riveron, the senior vice president of officiating, cited two examples on Twitter. I do like the fact that they actually uh, are being more transparent about this, but... He's citing two examples that uh, came further back. So, for those of you who uh, 
do not recall, the example he cited was Des Bryant versus the Green Bay Packers back from 2014. The infamous Des caught it game, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan. Which he did not, by the way. Uh, Cam gets annoyed every time I say it. Des did not catch it. Cam, if you're listening, and I know you will be at some point, Des did not catch it. I can't wait for his response. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Riveron is saying that under these new rules, because uh, Des would be perceived as reaching for the line and extending it, that would institute a football move, even though the ball gets jarred loose by the ground. My issue with this is that the Jesse James play is a completely different scenario because extending the ball, it technically would be coming across the invisible plane, which is what James was doing. That's, to me, that's a bigger difference than anything else. Because he, here's the long and short of it. At, at that interpretation of a rule, basically anybody can do the swim move effect to say, oh, I was reaching to extend my, uh, the ball further to the line to gain, so therefore it's a catch. Well, if the ball still is out of control and hits the ground, why are we ruling that a catch? I mean, it makes sense to extend the ball, even though it's kind of reckless. It makes sense to extend the ball that way if you're reaching for the goal line. If you're reaching for to make it a third down and two versus a third down and three, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense. So that's my issue with uh, just uh, uh, breaking it down that way. But, you know, but I, 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 I'm, I'm wondering just in some way if saying that after, after a couple of years that now Dez would have caught it is uh, Goodell's way of subtly trolling Jerry Jones because that seems a very Goodell thing to do. That after everything's said and done, was, and then he'll probably give like a uh, just a, a, a annoying smirk of "Okay, I got you there," but it, it's just one of those where it's just you 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 look at it and you're you're just saying, uh, you know, something that is intended to be uh, tended to be a uh, way of uh, simplifying the rule. And now you've actually, I, I just look at this as saying, this is just going to add new layers to confusion uh, to this. Because my thing is, if you want to define what a catch is, it's control and two feet down or another body part. Don't even include the football move part because you can interpret a football move any number of ways. And that's the biggest issue. It's The NFL rulebook is overly complicated uh, to the point where any replay review, you can come up with your own explanation as to how you want to rule something. And that's not a healthy way of governing. So uh, that is what uh, we've uh, got going on in the NFL. Uh, it, today also marked uh, the pro day for Sam Darnold, uh, the USC quarterback, who is now being projected as the top overall quarterback in a draft class that no one still can determine who's an elite quarterback and who's not a can't-miss prospect, but everyone's just shooting in the dark to say uh, that this is going to work out well. Uh, you know, people were making a big fuss about Darno throwing in the rain. 
I mean, he's throwing out west in the rain. It's not as though he's throwing on the east coast here when we got a nor'easter going on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, people got to get over themselves. It's rain. It's not. It's not cold. <laughs> Uh, you don't have wind. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just water. <laughs> uh, I mean, so in terms of uh, the draft class itself, I, 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 I still have to do the mock draft, but it looks more and more likely that the Browns are going to take a QB, number one, just because you don't bring in Carlos Hyde when you also have uh, Duke Johnson just so you can pick uh, Saquon Barkley. It. It just seems illogical. But then again, the Browns have never been accused of being the smartest franchise in the world. So that's always possible. So you've got the Browns possibly taking QB. The Giants are in the interesting spot of they could take Barkley uh, and do the home run swing uh, for Super Bowl this year because the Giants have such salary cap issues thanks to Jerry's and some of the bloated contracts uh, he put on the books uh, in the attempt to repair the defense through free agency only, uh, that the Giants have a lot of salary cap issues to work out uh, over the next uh, two to three years after this season. So uh, the Giants can either try to go for it all this year or accept the fact that they're going to be bad for the next uh, two years uh, and trade uh, trade this uh, pick down and get the draft picks that they need. Uh, now that the Jets have completely overpaid, uh, for the number three pick from the Colts, uh, given the fact that uh, they couldn't get Kirk Cousins, uh, the market is now set at multiple second-round picks uh, for a top three pick. So the Giants could be playing that gambit of waiting out uh, until the draft time to see who's the most desperate team to trade up uh, to get uh, one of the four quarterbacks. Uh, but it's going to be... An interesting dynamic to see how it plays out. I'd be I'd be surprised at this point if the Giants go QB just because you know the market has been set by the Jets of overpaying for a draft pick. The Giants need draft picks, or you could take the home run swing for Barkley. I, I, with a talent like Barkley, I can see the home run swing. Trying to go for a QB doesn't make any sense when you can trade it down, and there are still QBs in next year's class uh, that have uh, potential as well. Or you could go down the route of uh, uh, taking a look at a Mason Rudolph in later uh, in a later round, like the fifth round, uh, because it's uh, it's still uh, potential for uh, I-, I would say along the lines of uh, of a QB that can still be a solid starter, but there's no true QB that anyone looks at and saying. This uh, this is a, tra- a transcending type of player. So again, I don't see why everyone's falling all over themselves to draft a QB in the top three this year. But if someone wants to make a, a dumb trade like the Jets did, hey, by all means, give up your multiple second round picks. Uh, I, you know, I I'd, uh, I would say as a Giants fan, we should be gladly taking that kind of a deal. In other football related news, uh, there was an announcement for. Yet another football league coming up. So uh, Vince McMahon had made the announcement of the return of the XFL in a new format uh, coming in 2020. Uh, This time around, we have the announcement for the Alliance of American Football, 
which is going to be a spring football league beginning uh, in uh, February of 2019, which I don't really get because if you're calling it spring football, it can't begin any later than uh, any earlier than um, March. But you know what? I, I give up with the marketing folks. They apparently they make more than I do to come up with uh, determinations that are actually factual. But uh, be that as it may, uh, the Alliance of American Football will be uh, based on mostly traditional NFL rules, but will be targeting. Uh, uh, former players who just got out of the league or just uh, failed to make the cut, uh, and uh, uh, potential prospects from the CFL. I mean, realistically, this seems like a retread of the uh, NFL Europe model uh, that the NFL has been uh, using for a number of years, uh, where you're basically getting guys who are just on the outside looking in and maybe uh, GM's looking to kick the tires on some of these players if uh, uh, if they have a good showing. Uh, so uh, this is going to be an eight-team, uh, ten-game season that uh, some of the executives involved. So they, they've got Troy Palomalu, form, formerly the Steelers. They've got Bill Polian. Uh, so they've they've got some uh, former players. Uh, even Justin Tuck's involved with this venture. Uh, so they've got former players and execs involved uh, in this spring league format. Uh, I mean, this to me, this doesn't sound all that different from uh, attempts that have been made, similar attempts that have been made in the past, like the United Football League that folded after a year. Uh, but uh, what they did manage to do was secure a television deal with uh uh, CBS Sports uh, for their cable network. So they say it's a multi-year deal, uh, which is going to air games throughout the season. I mean, it's only 10 games, so it, you're talking about a span of two months. And it's also going to be featured online through uh, an app. So uh, the app is supposed to have integrated in-game fantasy for fans, which I determined to be uh, daily fantasy football and some form of some way, shape, or form of doing daily fantasy uh, through that and, you know, trying to get that gambling money in, even though technically it's a game of skill, not a game of yeah, of luck. is the determination they're going to go off of. Uh, but in terms of rule format changes, uh, they already said that they're not going to have kickoffs for player safety. So instead of, kick, uh, instead of having kickoffs, uh, uh, they're just going to be placing the ball at uh, the 30. And instead of having uh, onside kicks uh, along the way to also prevent uh, player injuries, they're going to go with having teams start on their own 35-yard line facing uh, 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 facing a fourth down and 10. So they got to obviously convert the fourth and, uh, fourth and 10 from their own uh, 35 I get, I get the logic. I, I, I definitely get the logic. It, it's just to penalize the team from uh, abusing, uh, abusing uh, the uh, not having an onside kick, which is one of the hardest things to convert. I just look at it and say that technically converting an onside kick is actually harder 
than uh, even converting a fourth and ten from your own thirty-five. So, you know, you can always draw a defensive penalty. It's harder to convert that onside kick, but uh, you know, making it uh, making it feel the consequences of being on their own thirty-five uh, that that does help matters a bit. Uh, the interesting tidbit, though, that I I thought uh, was uh, something to take away from the presentation was the fact that. Uh, they're reducing the play clock to only 30 seconds, and there won't be any TV timeouts. Uh, so it's like it's only going to be the individual teams that have the timeouts, not uh, any media break. So the, the goal is to have the games play in under two and a half hours. Now, the reason why I find that interesting is that, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll get a kickoff and a media timeout right afterwards. So if you cut those out, that actually speeds up the pace of play for most, and uh, would speed up the pace of play for most NFL games uh, because of the fact that there are so many media breaks in between to fit in all the commercials that the NFL has long since just abused uh, uh, with just different uh, beer commercials or health ailment commercials. That's how the NFL manages to squeeze every single dollar out of it. Uh, with uh, this league uh, not going down that route of trying to get the ad dollars in, I'm not sure how they're really going to be making money unless they do a full-out comprehensive fantasy app to go with this league. I, I don't see any way it, this can work. And again, if you don't know the players, I, I also think that's going to be an issue if you're trying to uh, base your league off of uh, the fantasy implication. So uh, I'll definitely be keeping a closer eye on this one uh, as we approach uh, next year, just to see how the league's forming and if this can actually be a viable format. I don't think so, but, you know, stranger things have happened. So uh, something to keep an eye out for. Uh, just in terms of uh, uh, things to keep in mind for an, uh, tomorrow, uh, you've got uh, spring training obviously continuing. It's going to be the unveiling of the new uh, Baseball Tonight crew for ESPN. So for those of you who did not hear the news, because I had to explain this to someone uh, the other day who was none too pleased, but A-Rod is actually going to be part of ESPN's broadcast of baseball games this year, if you did not know. So it's going to be A-Rod in the booth with uh, Jessica Mendoza, who's still holding over from the previous regime. And Matt Vaskersian replacing Dan Schulman, who's taken a leave of absence uh, from uh, calling MLB games uh, this year. So, uh, basically, uh, for those who don't know, Vaskersian was the lead play-by-play guy for MLB Network. So, ESPN basically paid, uh, overpaid to get him from MLB Network, which, you know, I like Vaskersian, but I don't really get it because... John Shambi does just as good a job, and he's in-house for ESPN, doing ESPN radio uh, games for uh, Sunday Night Baseball. They could have easily just promoted him uh, instead. but uh, And uh, I don't think people are really tuning in for Vaskersian to call games either. But, you know, be that as it may, uh, just because I, I think part of it also stems from the fact that ESPN's just been getting its butt handed to it by... Uh, MLB Network and the Fox broadcast coverage, they're, they're going with the personalities. So they, they see guys from MLB Network and they see that A-Rod's been, you know, even though he he's uh, as, to me, he's as phony as, ever, as he ever was. But, uh, 
you know, uh, uh, television execs seem to like the way A-Rod has uh, portrayed himself on TV. So uh, A-Rod's, uh, A-Rod's going to get the primetime gig. So uh, it's going to be, you know, I'm sure there are going to be people who are going to be absolutely hating it and other people who are going to be uh, just ambivalent to the games themselves. Uh, it should be should be at least a passable broadcast. You know, at least we don't have to put up with uh, Aaron Boone putting up uh, the uh, the batting uh, batting stance demonstrations that were just getting really annoying after a while. You know, after the first couple, fine, but if you're doing it every other week, it's just tiresome. Of course, that's that's our new manager for the Yankees. So, <laughs> uh, oh joy. Anyway, uh, that's uh, yeah. So that's on tap uh, today. So uh, I believe it's the Yankees and Twins uh, in the spring training debut for that group on ESPN. And then uh, obviously we've got the Sweet Sixteen matchups uh, coming up tonight uh, on the docket. So for the early matchup, we've got Loyola Chicago versus Nevada. Uh, uh, that's going to be on CBS. Uh, you got A&M, Texas A&M uh, versus Michigan. That's going to be on TBS uh, uh, tomorrow. And uh, the uh, the night games, if you will, because they're both coming on after 9.30. So, yeah, that, that's, that's going to be a late night. Uh, you've got Kansas State uh, and Kentucky. Should be an interesting matchup, but I I can't see Kentucky dropping that game. And the final game, which starts after, t- oh man, tip off after, t- oh yeah, so tip off is after ten <laughs> tomorrow night uh, between Florida State and Gonzaga. Uh, you know, I already gave my analysis of these games in the last podcast, so I'm not going to regurgitate that. But uh, you know, I I have a tough time. Uh, seeing uh, these games going differently than where I already projected it, but uh, you know we'll we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I, I'm hoping for some entertaining games here. I, I'm very curious to see how A&M responds though after getting uh, all the publicity the last few days for knocking off Carolina. Uh, that should be an interesting one uh, to uh, uh, take a look at. Uh, ooh, that's you know what I don't give uh, I don't give uh, credit to them often. Be just because the NHL shoves them down uh, our throat so often. I, I just saw a highlight of Sidney Crosby just batting a puck in the air twice to score a goal against uh, the Canadiens. That was really nice. Yeah, that that should make SportsCenter top ten. That, that should. should I, to be honest, it should make number one on the top ten. Uh, just because of how difficult that, that was. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see if ESPN ignores it or not, but... Uh, yeah, Sidney Crosby with uh, uh, an incredible goal. But, you know, this is hockey's problem. Because they shove it down our, uh, Crosby down our throats, but then come up with this Wednesday night rivalry game nonsense that doesn't make any sense because the Blues and the Bruins have no... There's no... I, I, I can't. You know, I can talk about the issues with hockey. It's like, if you're going to have a primetime hockey matchup on national TV... You gotta have the biggest stars in the primetime matchup. NHL does this half-assed, where they they just try to make it a North American thing. When there are some teams that just don't have any connection to each other, it's like any, any rivalry where you try to put Tampa Bay involved in the in the mix. It doesn't work. Anyway, uh, 
yeah, I went off on a tangent there, but it it's just it's just one of those uh, uh, things that are a part of the mix. But anyway, uh, so uh, you know, I'm signing off tonight. Uh, should be a good one tomorrow with uh, the NCAA uh, starting back up again with the Sweet 16. And uh, we'll take it from there. Have a good night, everyone. Mealtime inspiration. It's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.